Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, just, just for your grace, your grace in us for filling in the gaps uh, that we leave gaping. Uh, we just ask God that you would uh, take uh, take this class today and, and grip our hearts uh, with your grace. Let us be really dazzled with with your love for us, and let us, uh, by your mercy, uh, transfer that, uh, offer that uh, to our children. Uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, uh, that you would uh, save us uh, where we are drowning and that you would save our children uh, despite our best efforts. And Lord, that you would, um, that you would just bless this, this time that we might uh, see your face and sit at your feet. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so this is part three of four. And, um, and thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, I, I know that some some people said that that uh, they got some got some trouble from from the cops coming in and um and, and then uh, then people had a real problem when they showed up downtown. So uh, uh, the um, the uh, uh, so I'm just glad that you guys glad that you're here and I hope this is just a really uh, helpful and productive thing. We we've been talking over the last couple of weeks uh, about sort of grace in the home and, and what we've uh, said is that. That God is sovereign uh, over our over us and over our kids, and that our children's standing before God is not uh, dependent upon uh, their obedience, much to our chagrin in some in some cases, uh, but actually much to our comfort and, and relief that that what we see and what screams at us and uh, and rebellion is not uh, the finished product. Uh, that God is uh, sovereign over their life and is going to. Um, we pray, call them into a relationship with uh, Himself at that time, and we see from our own lives that um, that our we we still have rebellion in our lives, and, and yet we know that we have uh, a relationship with the Lord that's based on His grace and His mercy, uh, so much more than, uh, in fact, entirely, uh, rather than our obedience. Um, and so there's great comfort in knowing that our children are, are uh, not dependent uh, upon uh, their salvation is not dependent upon their obedience. And um, and yet, what uh, we we tend to parent, what we said last week, we tend to parent uh, from a posture of works righteousness because we just we just want them to obey. We just need to get through the day without. We just want to get supper on the table by six thirty. I mean, just for crying out loud, we just we just need to get through uh, the day. And if, if we need uh, we need obedience, and we tend to place sort of a works righteousness on them and on ourselves, and um, and that leads to sort of a cycle of fear. Uh, and demand uh, where we are fearful um, about uh, what is happening and we are overly demanding on our children uh, in order to compensate for our fear. And, and that uh, is this sort of a cycle that leads uh, to penance. I'm going to redouble my efforts rather than uh, what the gospel offers is repentance, uh, which is sort of sitting uh, at the feet of Jesus knowing that we need uh, a Savior and receiving that, uh, that love uh, that He has for us um, again, you know, I just say this every week that Amy and I uh, are not experts, uh, and especially today as we talk about the law of love and the laws of the house. Uh, uh, you know, I wish I I, really, I need to sit at somebody's feet to say, well, how do we get our kids to obey, um, given given uh, what we know about the gospel? Do they need to? Do we need to be concerned about that? Of course, of course we do. But we are uh, we're uh, we learn from you. So so this is a discussion, not not a, it shouldn't be a lecture. Um, so I'll just I'll lead us in, in that, but um, 
but we are not we're not experts. So we so we love your input. How do we get our children to obey? Well, I, I found uh, one video that I thought would be really helpful, and uh, so I thought I would just share that share that with you. Let's see if I can get it up and running. It is. It is. It's like it's about to take off on a. On. There we go. Let's see if that comes up. And action. It's a great video. You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> it's just totally worth the wait. Um, hmm. Am I on? Yeah, that's good. Can you hit that light for me? not working is it let's get some sound my eye give my so thanks all right as a mom with three active kids I've got to make sure I know what they're up to at all times. And as any mom will tell you, they can be a handful. That's why I give my kids Kidstone Chewable Valium. Kidstone Chewable Valium. A with the whole family can enjoy. And once the Kidstone Chewable Valiums kick in, these kids kind of stay right where you put them. <laughs> Relaxed. It's a dream. And just about all you have to do is check their breathing every once in a while. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, in the bookstore, the bookstore has a shipment in, and they're coming in tomorrow, so yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I might need some myself sometimes. Well, how what? How do we get our kids uh, to obey if we can't give them chewable Valium? Um, obedience, and again, well, I'm speaking theoretically. Um, uh, obedience comes uh, from two places. Either it comes from a heart of fear, uh, that is a fear of punishment, so I'm going to obey so I don't uh, get consequences, or it comes from a heart of humility. So a heart of fear or a heart of humility. Now I will say uh, that my default uh, just is, is just my personality. Uh, my default is to threaten and induce fear. If uh, you know if you don't do this, then you're going to have consequences. You're going to be grounded. Or my my favorite one is to sort of stand up over and show that I'm so much bigger than they are. And uh, and and that is uh, you know you're going to obey because I said so. And, and let me uh, let me say that that has uh, sh- short-term benefit sometimes that 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 can really work uh, in the short term and that there is um, there there is sometimes where we just need uh, management and I, I don't want to say uh, that that you are wrong or that I am wrong uh, for sometimes just saying I'm the dad and you're the kid and you're gonna obey because I said so um, there is a there is a proper place uh, for order 
And um, uh, so there can be short-term benefit. There can also be short-term detriment, and sometimes the benefit just in the moment outweighs the detriment, but you have frustration and anger and you have tears uh, and, and, and so on. And, and if, we, if we parent like that, or if we sometimes parent like that, we, really, we, sh- we, we have to remember that God is sovereign. And, and when, when we do that, we can't just you know, live in penance. Where we say, "Oh my gosh, I screwed screwed it up again, and I blew it, and my kids gonna just they're gonna hate me, and I'm gonna redouble my efforts, and that just creates fear, which ultimately is gonna lead uh, to more uh, demanding." Um, and yet, we can rest in the fact that that, uh, that God is is sovereign. So there might be some times where that's just what we have. That's that's the only card we can play. I hope not. I think it takes a lot more work to play a different card, but sometimes we we go to that one. Um, and um, but what we can say about this sort of this default of my, that I have uh, is that uh, it does not give our children a sense of God's love for them. Um, that they don't, you know, as we kind of joked about last week, you know, they don't hear that, you know, because I, I'm the father and because I said they don't hear that and go, wow, I just really love the Lord, you know, I uh, thank you God for. Um, for how you love me, and for this wonderful father that, that I've been given, um, and, and sometimes we need management, but but ultimately, like in the in the uh, in the great sort of arc, you know, the narrative of our uh, of our life as parents, what we want our children to see is um, is God's love for them. I mean, that like if they if they we don't want them to flunk out of school, but if they flunked out of school and yet knew that. That, that God loved them and had a real and living relationship with Him, like then, win. You know that's a, that's that's a that's a score. We we want them to be productive members of society, of course, but we want them. But our ultimate goal uh, is for them to know uh, what we know is that is that God uh, loves them, uh, and, and in fact He loves them despite uh, their rebellion, and uh, and through their rebellion, and and it's only His uh, is is will not be their effort. You may have a you may have a Pharisee on your hands. It's not going to be their effort to keep the law and to please uh, please you or any other human uh, that's going to save them. That uh, that that is just as much distancing us from God as um, uh, as rebellion. But what we what we can see uh, whether they are Pharisees or, or rebels, or prodigals or elder brothers, is what we want them to know is that the Father has come out to them uh, and has rescued them, and we want their hearts to respond to His. Uh, incredible grace, and um, and so uh, so there may be times where we have to establish uh, order uh, in, in a sort of because I said to, to sort of way. But what we want them to see overall that can't be the only thing, and it really shouldn't. Um, again, God is sovereign, so hold hold it hold what I'm about to say in in that. But it is not ideal if that's our if uh, fear inducement is our default. Uh, and this is and this is why uh, Ephesians 6:4 says, uh, "Fathers, uh, do not provoke your children to anger, uh, but bring them up in the discipline and, sh- and instruction of the Lord." Colossians uh, 3:21, uh, "Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become uh, discouraged." Um, what we by provocation. What we have uh, 
what the end result, what the scripture says, the end result is anger and discouragement uh, for our kids. And I, you know, again, God is sovereign. God can take angry and discouraged kids and make them uh, great saints uh, for Him. Uh, but our job is to um, is to bring them up in the discipline and to and the instruction of the Lord. Now, um, I've, I've said that I'm using this book uh, pretty heavily. It's called um, it's by Elise Fitzpatrick, and it's called Give Them Grace, and um, and I recommend it. And uh, what uh, she says is that uh, she highlights this this phrase at the end of that of the Lord. And she asks us to consider um, that if we substituted a phrase in there, uh, instead of saying of the Lord, we said of the law, uh, would it would it be any would that which one would more accurately accurately describe our uh, the way that we are parenting our kids? Uh, bring your, them up in the discipline and instruction of the law or of the Lord. And I have to say that uh, so much of what we um, what we the way that I parent um, is is legalistic. If you do this, uh, then you get a reward. If you do that, if you don't do it, you don't get a reward, which sort of builds in them. We we try to have some things where we just say, you know, you have to do this because you're a part of the family. But we sort of I, I see sometimes we build in our uh, kids a, a a reward system where if they don't get a reward, they're not they're not going uh, to do that. Um, and so that that's the whole that's that's of the law we we want a reward for ourselves um, but how is it different to bring them up um, of the Lord this of the Lord parenting she spends a lot of time on of the Lord parenting uh, and I'm going to come back to that in just uh, just a minute uh, so we talked about uh, fear as being one form of obedience but uh, but true. But the other place that obedience comes from is is um, humility, a, tr- a heart of true humility. Now you know that you can't just tell your kid to be humble, and have that be with any sort of authenticity. So, um, so how do we, uh, how do we, bring our kids up in um, in humility? Because if they have humility, then they will submit willingly. Uh, that is, they won't. They'll submit not because they're forced to, but because they uh, they want to honor. They want to honor you. That's that's ideally that's 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 how we serve the Lord. We don't uh, submit to his. If we're in a good place with the Lord, we don't submit to his lordship because um, we have to, but because we want to, because we love him. Um, so how do we foster true humility in our children? Um, I guess it really, before I go into this, I, I want to just open up a um, discussion. First, I want to ask you if, if I'm, what, what you're hearing in this, and if I'm, if I'm not being clear, but then I want to really open it up to discussion. What, what would you have to say about any of this so far? No, oh, ma'am. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Um, anything that you want to add to that? articulate perfectly off the cuff, mm-hmm. but it's like a, I always feel like we're trying to find the balance between, you know, knowing <coughs> that, um, that, you know, knowing and resting in the, in God's sovereignty and that he has them, that he, and the fact that 
I mean, we know we're products of how mm-hmm. we were parented when we were younger. You know, that that, that impacts mm-hmm. us and them. And so I feel like that's a that's a always a, a balance for me and trying to trying to find the healthy place for that to mm-hmm. how do we um, how do we, how do we foster humility or do you, maybe you want to have, some, uh, have something to say about sort of fear and inducement but uh, anything from so far any you know what I yeah. thought about when mm-hmm. you were talking I was thinking about how you know we tell our children well we have to teach you to obey so you will learn to obey the law mm-hmm. because there are consequences and we also talk about you know it's important to learn to obey God mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> one thing I thought was that we really don't <coughs> show them either I guess through modeling it or also discussing with them the fact that we have things that we've got to listen to God and learn to obey him talking about those the decisions we have to make mm-hmm. and how we go about making them even doing something we don't want to do because we know we're following God's will mm-hmm. and maybe discussing that more so they see that we have to do that and they see the humility sure yeah Absolutely. I think, too, it's important to teach them that God loves us first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and out of gratitude, but also just because we're his child and because he loves us, we obey him. But he loves us no matter what. I think right. that's a fine line, too, that kind of goes along with humility, that, you know, in spite of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's, it's, I, I have often wished that I could say, uh, tell my child, uh, I love you so much, and that would immediately foster obedience. obedience. You know, it it uh, it hasn't worked out that way uh, yet. Um, but uh, but what I have, uh, what I believe, is that is that it just needs to come in a steady diet, and that as they when they, when they're an adult, it will it will mature, uh, because right now they uh, they don't ha- they have that discernment. But thank you, I, I agree with that. Yeah, Doug. I was just going to say, does the author give any practical examples of how to apply that? Because I think most of us would agree in theory mm-hmm. that is great. But for instance, if I come home from work, my kids are screaming, my wife is screaming, mm-hmm. the kid's hitting the other one, the wife's chasing the other one, I get everybody separated to their own corners. <laughs> okay, at that point, how do we not apply the law and say, okay, thou shalt do this yeah. in your room? And how do you really apply grace in that situation or teach? Yeah, I, I think, it, it, yes, the answer is yes. Um, again, I, I read a couple of examples last week, and they were um, a little long-winded, uh, but, it, but it's a good thing. It, it provides a good sort of framework or mindset. Um, but I think that uh, the, uh, the idea is to build the foundation so that in that moment you can, you can call on it quickly. Uh, and that comes by um, conversation sort of that steady diet of conversation, not just I love you, but uh, explanation uh, of how God loves us. Uh, just a few um, few things that I, I came up with. How do, we get, uh, how do we get humility for our children? And, and I think the first, is, as you mentioned, is we get it for ourselves. And that's, that's where repentance comes from. Um, and that, or that's, that's really the product of, of repentance, that we see all the Lord has saved us from. We see um, how much uh, he, how much grace that He has given to us, despite our best efforts, despite our worst efforts, uh, that He uh, not just has filled in the gap, but has torn it all down and 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 called it good. 
that He has redeemed us uh, fully. And, and when we, we rest in, in really the reality of, of grace for us, that humbles us before Him, and that naturally just affects the environment uh, of our house. Now, it doesn't mean we're always quiet and peaceful and our children are flitting along, uh, but, uh, but it does mean that, um, that our kids, uh, that we are quicker to apologize when we make a mistake uh, to our kids, uh, that our kids see that uh, with our spouse that we uh, apologize, that we, have, we bring a more humble spirit to ourselves because of our relationship with the Lord, because we are centered on grace. And when, when our kids see us apologizing and see us apologizing to one another, apologizing to them even when we uh, have misstepped or, or our, we felt like our tone got out of hand, uh, that impacts them long term as much as much as anything. The first way to get humility for our kids is to get it uh, for ourselves. Second, sounds uh, uh, so obvious, but uh, but it is it, the second way is, is just to pray uh, for our kids that they understand uh, the gospel and, and to know that prayer is is work. I mean that is that's not just. Uh, it's, it's not just an exercise, but it actually you're plowing the ground, you're fertilizing the soil for their heart by, by prayer. And if you, um, and one day the seed of the gospel is going to take root and it's going to flower. And it, the, act, the gospel, uh, when they realize, oh my gosh, I really am. No, I'm not just. I'm, it's not that I'm being bad, but I'm actually a sinner and I need a savior. When that, when the gospel actually. Uh, matures in them and they are to, they are uh, humbled by it, then at that point um, they will uh, they will be more likely uh, to be obedient in the in the moment or to be able to turn it around. Uh, it's that steady diet. Uh, they see it from us and they they've heard it because we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Um, I think it's even if we have to just establish order right in the moment. Um, to come to come after come, to come behind that and have a conversation about it, and then um, and to not be frustrated in that, but to love them in that conversation and to say, um, you know, for instance, uh, to talk. And I don't know the situation that you're describing, Doug, but to say, um, to say, uh, buddy, you. But we know it very well. <laughs> well, I don't know yours. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But we know exactly. Um, well, yeah, let, thank you. Let, let me correct that and bring it to our own house. Um, to come behind that and say, buddy, I, I'm sorry. I, I really, I wish I hadn't yelled like that. But, um, and I have to ask forgiveness from you, and I have to ask forgiveness from from God. Um, but I just really felt like you were. Um, I shouldn't have to ask you uh, twelve times to to stop hitting your sister, uh, because um, I. I have you are in my house and, and this is authority. You're under my authority and I uh, and I love you enough to give you boundaries because the truth is I wouldn't let her hit you 12 times either, and I need to protect her. Do you see how I have to protect? I mean, the, you, so you're explaining that it's not just because you're mean, uh, but you're explaining that there's a reason for the rule, and uh, and actually the reason for the rule is based on the fact that you love them, and um, and so. You know, he he's that, that is going to make about a one half of one percent difference in his life in that moment. Uh, but a steady diet of that, because you have 18 years. I mean, you know, like uh, and a million uh, incidents. Um, a steady diet of that does impact them. Now, uh, their salvation is not dependent upon how well or how poorly you do that, and it's and it's because um, it's dependent upon the call of the Lord. Uh, but it is helpful, and I think it is our admonition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Child, and they can be really little, 
mm-hmm. down their behavior and realize they're being witnessed in their behavior by us, by God, by themselves, by their siblings, by their friends. Once that feeling of be always being on a reality TV show mm-hmm. <laughs> sets in, it just seems like they own what their actions. Mm-hmm. And they realize they don't want to disappoint themselves, disappoint mm-hmm. anybody. And I know that, that that is punitive, the feeling of, of disappointment. However, once they kind of get, they're owning this, and it's their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And we bring up a lot, you know, I'll often bring up, how would you feel if you ever saw mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love each other just like you love your sister and your brother. And yeah. How would, that, how would that bring you down? This is why I'm upset. This is bringing me down to mm-hmm. watch this. I, I think, I mean, I think as, as much as you can uh, come behind uh, just the management with nurture and, um, and you, know, you really want to let them know how much um, the, even the management and even the, the rules of the house are uh, rooted in the fact that you love them so much. Uh, I, I think, and, and they, the more you can say it, um, and because they're not going to hear it. They're not when you scream it at them. The vo- volume doesn't help the the communication. But uh, when you are um, uh, when you can talk about it, you can talk about it consistently over a long period of time. I think that really does have great impact. I think owning their behaviors is critically important. That's part of maturity. Uh, but that's again that's nurtured and that's fostered uh, over over a long period of time. Um, uh, again, so we we get it for ourselves. We pray for our kids and we talk honestly with our children about our faults and our need for the Lord. Um, and if that is the environment that they swim in, um, we, we, we tell them, gosh, you know, I, I messed up here, or I, uh, I shouldn't have had that tone of voice, or I, whatever it is. We don't want to be, you know, there's, there's a balance, but we need to, them to see, they need to see that we're not perfect and that we are calling on the Lord in our imperfection. And then when they're not perfect, uh, then we talk honestly with them about their faults and their need for the Lord. Um, that's and how the Lord fills in uh, when, when they're not parent, uh, when they're not perfect, uh, when they haven't been obedient, and to love them as a, as an expression of uh, the love of God. So, um, so I think first, uh, just our our own um, uh, our own uh, relationship with the Lord is incredibly important. Uh, pray, then praying for our kids and talking honestly about both their our faults and, and their faults. I want to read uh, for you some. Uh, just it's a little bit long, uh, but one of the things that she's said, and we'll um, uh, we'll see what. Uh, just love to see what your response to this. This is talking about the of the Lord parenting that she uh, is describing, um, and she's she's saying that. In our relationship with the Lord, we, in our own Bible reading, we read about things like incarnation, about our own personal holiness, about the substitutionary death of Christ. How do those things that we learn about, is there any application? Do we, do we apply those things um, in, our, uh, in our parenting? And so she said, here's, here's a few clarifying questions that might help us get a better handle on what of the Lord parenting looks like. First, how does the incarnation change the way you speak to your to your children. God became a child. That one act of condescension and identification should forever stop us from denigrating children. The incarnation would have astonished them. To them, children 
it would have astonished the first uh, those among, um, those Jews in Christ's time. The incarnation would have astonished them because to them children were chattel, property to be to be disposed of as a father's whim. But God became a child. So how does the incarnation change the way you speak to your children? Uh, what about the resurrection? Does the truth of Christ's victory over sin and death make any difference when our kids struggle with ongoing sin? How? In the resurrection, uh, Jesus brought justification to those who believe, including our believing children. If they are justified, God looks at them not only as those who have never sinned, but as those who have always obeyed. How would this truth change uh, your parenting? Have you ever helped them to understand what his ascension and ongoing reign mean when their best friend moves out of town? What does the eternal priesthood of the God-man mean when they suffer loss? Uh, that he always lives to make intercession for them, that's Hebrews 7.25, and suffered in every way can bring deep comfort uh, to a child um, who feels that he's alone and, and friendless. And so... Like, for instance, when a child, uh, child's friend uh, moves away, uh, be talking about how, you know, it, it's, be talking about how Jesus uh, knows what it is to suffer loss. Uh, how God knows uh, what it is to lose, um, to lose his child, and therefore how to, to, to lose a friend. And that God understands that God is abiding with him, uh, with, your, with your child. That, that can bring deep comfort to them, does it feel weird to bring Jesus into every instance, every parenting? Is it does, it does. I think you have to find the right balance of that. But I think um, because you don't, you don't want to turn it into law. But I think that as much as it takes over your heart in every um, episode, that that's that's the amount to share it. I don't think you can overdo it. Um, I do think you can ever do saying, if you do this, then God's, God's not going to be happy with you because God's favor for them it doesn't depend on their obedience. Um, but I, I don't think you can overdo saying God loves them. Uh, God loves them even when they make uh, mistakes. Uh, that you love them. Uh, that you love them because God loves you. Uh, I, I don't think you can bring Jesus into it too much. Um, she, she says this, she says, Learning to apply the truths of incarnation, sinless life, substitutionary death, bodily resurrection, ascension, reign, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of that is what it, what it means to raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, very few of us have uh, ever even begun to do this. Instead, like parents before us, we train children in the tradition of our favorite rabbis and pop psychology. But we need to learn what of the Lord parenting means. And she talks about five different sort of uh, steps. And she talks about management, nourishment, training, correction, and promises. Management, nourishment, training, correction, uh, and promises. And so um, uh, management, again, you just have to get order in your house. Nourishment, you really need to feed them with the love of the Lord. Uh, Training is to take opportunities as you read Scripture, to teach them what Scripture says. And, um, and you know, one, one of the things, what a huge transfer for them is when they get older, they need to realize that the Bible is not just a bunch of children's stories and coloring book sheets. Um, that, that it really, 
uh, it has, uh, and it, you can teach them this now, they will see it in your life, that it has uh, daily uh, importance. So to train them what the ways of the Lord looks like, correct them uh, when they're doing wrong, and, and you tell them why. I mean, Paul tells the people all the time. He gives the gospel, but he also, uh, he never tires of giving the gospel, but he never tires either of showing what the gospel life uh, looks like. Um, and then offering the promises. They're not conditional, uh, but, but God is preparing us even now uh, for heaven. And so we have an opportunity in our obedience, uh, in, our, in the way that we honor, love, uh, love God and, and love other people, the way we honor uh, what, he, what He says, the, um, that we are being prepared uh, for, for heaven. Uh, and for all that he has for us in this life. And so when, I, uh, when, I'm, when you're yelling at your mom, buddy, uh, you're not living into what God has for you. And there's so much rich blessing when, uh, in, in showing, that, showing yourself um, that having that self-discipline um, and finding a better way to solve your problems. I know it can be frustrating because I want to yell too. Uh, but... And sometimes I do yell, and God forgives me, and He loves me. And I love you. When you yell, I'm going to forgive you and love you. Um, but we've got to find a better way, and that better way is an opportunity, uh, buddy, to um, uh, to let the Lord work uh, in us and through us. Maybe that's too much for your kid, but I, I do think a steady diet. So here's uh, management, nourishment, uh, training, correction, and promises. Or she says, moms or men need uh, to constantly pray. So if you can remember, moms need to constantly pray, or men need to constantly pray. That's M-N, this is uh, that acrostic, M-N-T-C-P. Management, nourishment, uh, training, correction, and promises. Uh, we, we need to manage our family, but we, uh, but we also need to nourish them with the love of God, to train them what that looks like, correct them when they're not Doing, uh, doing what they ought to do, and tell them why the law, the Lord, in the same way that we tell them why the Lord has, uh, uh, why we have, excuse me, in the same uh, way that we tell them why we have established laws because we love them, we tell them that God has established His uh, ways because He loves, uh, loves them. It's all rooted in the good news. It's all rooted in love. And so if our if our kids are um, over over many years, they see that um, consistently. Then, then that will be impactful, and yet the Lord uh, is sovereign over them. And, and, and so we pray for them. Uh, I think it primarily is about our, um, our personal relationship with the Lord being uh, transferred to them, not getting them to obey for obedience' sake, but getting them to see their obedience as an opportunity for the Lord uh, to work in their lives. Uh, comments, questions, questions thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking about, you know, what Doug's talking about with mm-hmm. the, with that situation. Just like practically, and this is definitely for like, let's get people's good ideas mm-hmm. because we're definitely, we're in that situation too when things just are getting bananas mm-hmm. and, you know, you've got people where they need to be and, and all this usually happens for me afterwards when I'm thinking about how I didn't handle it the right way. Like, how should I handle it better next time? But in thinking about grace in parenting and how, you know, for me, then I'm thinking, well, should I not get, you know, not giving them what they deserve? You know, well, that doesn't mean not giving them consequences. Like, you gotta, you got to give them the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that they so that they learn. But so often, kind of what it comes back to me is like, get Lord, give me the grace mm-hmm. to not let the situation or their reactions be determining how I'm reacting. Mm-hmm. Like they're escalating or they're screaming. Like let that not be what's determining how I'm reacting, but that God's grace can be determining how I'm reacting. Yeah, I, I think. You know what I mean? Like where we, when, you know, hypothetically one of them is screaming, Mom, I hate you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I don't just, you know, let that either. <laughs> right. I mean, that I don't react to that, but I'm saying, like, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. You know, give me your grace in, in how I'm given the consequence or or handling it. Well, I, don't know. I think to that end, that one of the things that, that we're sort of learning, uh, again, not experts by any means, but but really in this and through this, manage it, send them to their corners if you need to, and then take some personal time just to pray before before you go in. And um, And then... You know, I, I can't make guarantees. Oh, it's, you're going to be amazed. I, I, yeah, I wish I could, but uh, at the very least, it will help give you perspective. Spend spend a couple of minutes on your knees, and then and then go in. Um, uh, for me, that helps that helps calm me down, uh, and 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 re- recenter me. I think for for me, timing mm-hmm. is definitely an issue as far as when to say the things you need to say mm. because when you have a child that's saying, I hate you and you're, yeah, you know, hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, that's not when you say, well, God loves you. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, you really Either. have to kind of wait for that moment where they're, when they're there in that state, mm-hmm. just like when you're in that state, because we never get there, I'm sure, but you have to make sure that they're getting what you're saying mm-hmm. without that resentfulness of, I don't care what God, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's true. Manage them, get them to the corner, mm-hmm. and and wait for that moment that you can talk to them and, and, and say something because the timing is is can be very difficult. I, I think you're right, Jamie. I, I think the um, the timing <coughs> is, is important because they're not going to hear it I mean, when they're screaming. There, there's not a lot of there's no intake. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all outflow. Um, anyway, well, I hope this is helpful for discussion. Um, I want I do want well we're at time, but. Uh, I'm going to church. If you're not going to 11 o'clock service, take a few minutes and, and um, pray with the person next to you and just uh, keep them in your heart throughout the week. And, um, and we'll see you next week.